Welcome in everybody to the Power Auction Podcast. Just running the damn ball from west to east. We're in it. We're at the end of the season into bowl season. Had a week of bowls where we took some time off and we're back at it. Going to talk a bit about what, what's been, what's come, what's to come. Garrett, how are you? Oh man, I'm good. You know, I had games on here and there, but also, you know, putting around for the holidays and getting everything ready. Um, you know, you keep track of everything as best as you can. Um, the bowls are always super interesting, even even whatever their value be. Um, and so, uh, and the celebration bowl happened, which is super sweet. So, uh, very excited about the upcoming stuff. Yeah. So explain explain the significance of the celebration bowl to me. So the celebration bowl. So the there are two leagues that don't play in the uh, F F. CS championship tournament, the Ivy League and all the historical black, the historical black university leagues. And so the best team in the MEAC plays the best team in the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl. Um, And so Howard faced Florida Atlantic in the Celebration Bowl. Uh, Florida Atlantic, the powerhouse, the, the best black college team in the world and probably one of the top five teams in FCS, maybe top 10, um, played Howard. And yeah, that's what that game was. Uh, it was, they also have a great battle of the bands at halftime, which is super popular. And it was a tight, close, a little bit ugly, awesome game. Uh, and we can reserve, that is pretty cool. I didn't, I actually didn't know that. I was watching FAMU because I just like their logo and I like the whole vibe. So I, I was, I was popping in, but honestly, I didn't even put one and one together. I was just like, these are some FCS teams. They're doing whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and I didn't really care one way or the other. Uh, but now that you said that, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. I don't want to get on a whole tangent here. I've got some other things to talk about, but do you know off the top of your head why the Ivy League and the Black Colleges don't play FCS? Is it nope. just a historical thing, or I do not have any idea. Uh, nope, well, I don't know why that happens that way. Instead, maybe it's on purpose. Who knows what kind of potential racial politics are involved yeah. in that? Interesting. Um, Interesting. All right. Well, in any case, well, I think that's that's. I'm, I'm really happy that we had this conversation because I, I would like to eventually roll down. I mean, we'll have some time in the off season. Maybe we can uh, start to get into the thick of it. But but regardless, it was it was a nice nice little FCS treat um, on the Saturday, packed inside some of these other bowl games. So kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got it right here. So as far as the as far as these ones go, the MIAC and the SWAC, the uh, SWAC's regular season extends. Uh, now I don't know why this is the case, but the, their regular season goes too far, and their champion isn't picked until after the FCS playoffs are decided. Mm, interesting. Um, and the MIAC MIAC had an automatic bid, bid to the FCS playoffs and decided to not do it and continue to just play in the Celebration Bowl, maybe to support the SWAC. Oh, huh, well, so, we go. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, good stuff. So, yeah, there we go. So, all right. Uh, so, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick was that all of the open coaching jobs are filled. Uh, head coaching jobs are filled. Yeah, before, before uh, the so new year, too. Yeah, I just want to run them down real quick. We covered, we covered most of these, so I'll get through the ones I know we've talked about uh, quick. 
uh, and then we can talk about any of the other ones because some of them are pretty interesting. Um, so I'll run through them real quick here. The ones that I know we've talked about, the kind of the early ones that happened. I, I, actually, some of these, because of the way they're ordered, they're ordered by when the coaches leave. So some of them we have talked about and some of them we haven't. So we'll just talk about them as we need to. Uh, first off, Texas A&M University. Mike Elko, the head coach of Duke, moves to replace Jimbo Fisher. I always thought he did an amazing job at Duke. Yeah, um, Elko, and so I think he's going to be a good pick. I think everybody thinks that Stoops would have been a better pick. Stoops dropped out at the last minute. I don't know what happened there. Something weird, but I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I I think it is what they need. <clears throat> it I think it's it's maybe it may or may not be what Texas A and M wanted. I don't know. Um, right. I think they can they can at least say that it was a good idea because he's a Texas A and M guy. And he's, sure. you know, and so that all works. But I, I think the the win here, hopefully, is that Elko walks into A and M and tries to change culture a bit. I don't know if that's exactly what happened at Duke. I assume because the Duke teams that he was he was on he had on the field were some really quality teams, and it wasn't really, it's not really ever been Duke nature to be in you know in football. Uh, and be able to be to be able to do the types of things that he was getting out of his teams. So, um, if he, assuming that that was culture, which I have to I have to assume that was a big piece of it, if he can do the same thing not only to the locker room at A and M, but also to the boosters and everybody, if he can really say, guys, let me let me do my thing here. Let's build something from the ground up. Like that could put Texas A and M in the position I think that they want to be. I, now, all of that is pretty. Uh, you know, far-reaching and, and um, you know, looking up at the stars to think that. But I think Texas A&M needs help on their organizational side, and, and hopefully a good coach can help them do that. Yeah, I think uh, here's the thing. Elko was only head coach for two years um, at Duke. But I, here's the, I, I think that Texas A&M – well, I shouldn't say that. I've been, I've been looking at stats. Texas A&M pulls in players. They have no problem – having player talent. So I think if Mike Elko is a good game head coach, that might just be enough improvement right there. Like he just doesn't get beat in games that he shouldn't get beat in because he's got the right talent. Then they'll, they'll, they'll be great. They'll go far. Yeah. yeah. Um, the challenge is the SEC only gets better with Texas and Oklahoma adding, and maybe Texas A&M is as good as Texas A&M will ever be. And Mike Elko will be perfectly fine. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If he gets some, some eight uh, wins, I think they'll be happy. So, I don't think they'll be happy, but they should be. Okay, that's a better way to put it, yes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Okay, Uh, Jonathan Smith from Oregon State takes over the Michigan State job. Uh, He... He was a... He was was a popular pick. Everybody thinks he was a good fill-in at that position. I don't know a lot about him, but he's well-spoken about. So that I mean anything anything is better than what they got going on there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean it was it was it was a tire fire there in Lansing. So that's good that they can have some sort of you know hopefully they can get away from some scandals. They can keep things quiet. They can start to build yeah. the team. I'm I'm always a fan. I, I love to see the all white and and the green play well. So I'm I'm hopeful that yeah. this can happen. We you and I spoke about this when it happened just in text and. I said it was a pretty lateral move job-wise, but then you brought into the fact that Oregon State is just floating right now. I don't even know if we yep. know where they're going yet. Does anybody? That's not a So they, they made a uh, scheduling agreement with the Mountain West, 
Okay. To they they're still not part of the Mountain West, but they play the Mountain West. And I read recently that they are very good chance their basketball teams may join the Mountain West in total. Mm. Uh, but because they want to keep the Pac-12 because they get to control the money and they want to keep the Pac-12 branding and everything, uh, at least for one year they're going to have to kind of float it out. Um, next year they may end up absorbing the Mountain West into the Pac-12. Who knows? They still got that. They still own pretty much own air quotes the Pac-12, so that's floating. But right now they're just going to play a schedule with the Mountain West. And they're going to be the Pac-1. Or I guess the Pac-2. Pac-2. Yeah, the Pac-2. Yeah, they're going to be the Pac-2. Well, I mean, they'll still be named the Pac-12, and yeah. there'll be two of them, and, you know, it'll be weird to yeah. see. But yeah, that is So, yeah, so right now, Michigan State absolutely has the ability to play in the playoff a lot easier than Washington, Washington State and Oklahoma State do, or yeah. Oregon State do. So... Yeah, Washington, Michigan. Look, Michigan State's the kind of job that you can be a top five team every five or six years if you do it right. It's true. Yeah, they have that ability. Yeah. So that's great. It's a great hire there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can do a lot of things. It's a good that that is a good job. And I I I, I guess I would debate that that you know he had Oregon Oregon State really buzzing, really cruising, and and he could potentially go into the you know go into the. Uh, the 12 team and, and put himself as the group of five or the, or the group of pack one, you know, to be able to sneak into the playoff and still make some things happen. I mean, this Oregon state team this year could have potentially have done something of that nature. Um, and so like, yeah. I just think, but, but that's a lot of nonsense that you have to, you have to deal with versus just getting a new job in, in, to your point, a, a really great sports situation. Like whether it's you have, because you could rely on the basketball team to make it so that people want to come to school there. Like, like Lansing, they were in the playoff once, you know, already like it, you're right. right it, it comes around there in Michigan state. Yeah. Yeah. And look, his, the second half of his Oregon State tenure, he took him to a bowl. He got him to seven and six. They were patient with him. They let him have a couple up and down years. Um, and, you know, and then, well, you, you know, he had two he had two full years in his second year. He got them to five and seven. Then you have the 2020 season, which just doesn't count. So in 2021, he had him seven and six. 2022, they won 10 games. Um, and ended the season ranked in 17 in 2023, eight and four. Probably not the season they thought they might have, but the Pac-12 was awesome. The yeah. Pac-12 was great yeah, this year. For real. It was so, a, yeah. yeah, I mean, if if he if they got that out of him at Michigan State, which they certainly have every ability to, well, they're going to be great. I mean, they're going to be perfectly happy with that. It's very so, true. It's very true. Yeah. Uh, all right. At at Mississippi State, Jeff Lebby, who's Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, replaced Zach Arnett. There, I believe, got another job somewhere. I think he'll come up. Uh, I don't. I think Jeff Lebby's a, is. I don't know about his coaching, but he's a dumbass. He's 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 one of the uh, Broyles supporters. I think it's. I think Art Broyles his father-in-law or something. He got in trouble because he brought him onto the field and then he doubled down. He's a dick. I hope he fails there, but it's already a difficult job, and he doesn't have any head coaching experience. So, I would be surprised if he doesn't fail there. Yeah, it seems. It seems like a. It seems like a hire that the team wanted a wanted a guy who's been around other guys, and then and and I assume they I assume he's he's relatively cheap, but yeah, it seems like yeah, you would yeah 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 he's the, I think he's the highest level guy you can get at Mississippi State right? yeah, for sure you get the bet you get one of the better performing coordinators right and yeah. he has been a, he's been a very good offensive coordinator through his career yeah. Um, 
But again, that's another job that's just going to be extra difficult because Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. move over with you right. to the SEC. So Mississippi State's going to be an impossible job. You're going to have to have somebody really good to succeed there, and I don't think that's it. So no. whatever. Uh, Northwestern keeps you know, hires their interim head coach David Braun, who took them to a bowl game this year. Um, is he the best head coach ever? Probably not. But you can't argue with what he did this year. No. And I'm happy to see them see them take a chance on him because of what he did this year. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great build. You know, I mean, they didn't. The con- I wouldn't say the controversy at the at the beginning of the year was because it was hazing, right? It was hazing. Yeah. yeah, and so I can't say that the controversy at the at that part of the year was. I'm not saying I'm not like I'm not trying to dumb down hazing. It is a bad thing. It's totally thing, but like, it 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 was shaky. Um, but they were already going to be like they weren't even going to be that good regardless. I mean, even if none of that did happen, so the fact that he right. had to deal with that and and did everything they want, like I think it's good that Northwestern, like you know, they gave him they gave him the 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 gift of the job. I mean, I don't know if it's a gift, but but they gave him the job, which I think he's deserving. And and if you can, if he can keep doing what he did this year with Northwestern, like Northwestern cannot complain about that. Right. No, can't be. And I think that's fine. I think that's a fine hire. So Uh, at Syracuse, Fran Brown, which is the Georgia defensive backs coach replaces Dino Babers. Obviously that's, it's a, that's a big move, obviously, going from an SEC defensive backs coach to becoming a head coach mm-hmm. in a power, I, I, they say power five conference, which after after the Florida State thing, you have to argue maybe, <laughs> maybe it isn't yeah. any longer. The but, middle of, but the they middle do of add, five. I will say this. They do add SMU. They also added Cal and Stanford. Yeah. Uh, but SMU is a program on the up, for on the sure. big up, for sure. Right, so Syracuse can't afford to fall behind. You don't, you can't afford to fall behind Cal and uh, SMU because SMU's coming. They're coming with cash. They're come. They're coming to be serious. So, you know, that's not an easy job, and there's going to be some, some, uh, some expectations, but. He's one of the he's what he's renowned as one of the best recruiters in the country. And you're gonna, um, you're gonna need to be to recruit people to go live in Syracuse, yeah. New York. Yep, yep. Recruit and transfer porter. You need to be that kind of person to yeah. to manage a transfer portal. But if you are that kind of person, maybe you can manage the transfer portal and manage recruiting. And then if you're a decent enough head coach, where you get a decent enough. Uh, coordinators, then you put it all together. I mean, uh, he's a he's a, just a, like a hope hire, that, but it's not a bad hire. It's Syracuse again. You're going you're going to get one of the better coordinators, and they decided to stay uh, minority, and they they're one of the very minority teams in the country, mm-hmm. and they decided to do that, which is awesome. Right. And so it's good. To, I mean, this is the this is the way you want to see hires. Some places need to take flyers on really quality. Uh, coordinators and really quality black coordinators. So mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's good. I think, I think Syracuse basically is Syracuse and Boston College are the same to me in my mind. So like, if you're doing better than Boston College, you're probably having a good time there. So I think this is a good. It's a good build. I hopefully they're in build mode. I have to assume that they are. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They've done a lot of. Uh, they've done a lot of. They've had a lot of like chances like they start seasons and you think oh they might do pretty well yep uh, last two years have been like and that. so you yeah so you think well maybe there's something you know what i mean maybe there's something there 
Um, I will say this. I pulled up on Winsipedia Syracuse versus Boston College because I was like, how close are they? Um, yeah, they're, they are a, a, a pretty close um, school. Yeah. All-time record. Yeah. Uh, they Both teams have won national championship. Syracuse has way more conference championships, though. No, I think Syracuse's sense. highs have been a little bit higher than Boston College's that, highs. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, they are very similar. And that, but that's the kind of team you're going to have to be better than right. in the ACC. Exactly. Right? But, but to, that's, not, that's not an incredibly high bar to get to. No, it's not undoable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, a, and that, I think that's got to be a com- – if I were to be – if I were him taking that job, I would feel – very comfortable about not having to get so crazy, you know. Like I think that they know that they're there's gonna. I think hopefully they're gonna give him time. I mean, there's no reason not to. And so yeah. he's doing that, and and his bars just be you know be slightly better than the than the mid to low part of the ACC, and you're gonna be okay. Which is even with the additions like you were talking about, is not terribly hard. I mean, I, yeah. look, the I, num- I mean. The number four spot in the conference is right there, right? Right. Like, obviously, you're going to have Florida State. You're going to have uh, – I, I, I really believe SMU is going to be in there. But even if not, Florida State, you got Clemson, and then you have in that three or four spot – Louisville. I mean, Louisville's going to be really yeah. good, I think, for a long time. Remember, Louisville might – might be and then yeah so then you're in that poo poo platter right. of North Carolina and Duke, Duke maybe yeah. and Wake Forest and maybe Virginia's building something and maybe Virginia Tech is building something but there's no reason that you can't be right in there yeah it's true yeah and I, mean, I think and I think Cal I think Cal comes in and Cal immediately is on Syracuse's level I so think that's so the too. kind of team I think you got to think about yeah I agree I hundred percent agree. Yeah. All right. We've got at Oregon State to replace Jonathan Smith is their defensive coordinator, Trent Bray. Uh, Trent Bray was the interim Nebraska head coach for a week uh, between Mike Riley and Scott Frost, but he didn't get to coach. Uh, I think this is a hire. They want to have a guy in-house, especially because they don't have any idea what the hell they're what, what, what's going to happen. Right. Right. So why go crazy? You know, you just you just you bring in a guy, you keep some continuity, you just get him through what the next two or two seasons or so are going to be until you know what's going on, and then that's when you either keep the guy because he's great, or that's when you have perfect opportunity to do a new hire. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I think Oregon State made the very. I'm happy they made a smart decision here. That's feel. This is. This seems like exactly what you should have done. Like then, because you know, there's some kids that were attached to him that are going to stay because of him and. And there's, yeah. yeah, continuity, like you said, like you, you get to inside of a bad situation or a, a very unknown situation, let me say, this is, seems like you keep things in house. That's a smart move. This is, feels, it feels nice to get like a, it almost feels a little heartfelt that, that Oregon patted him on, Oregon State yeah. patted him on the back and said, Hey, you're our man for, for a while, even though the end game may be to get somebody better than him, at least for the interim, they have yeah. somebody. Yeah. But this is the kind of hire that makes a lot of sense. It's, you know, it's the kind of hire that you do because you know that you need to do it, right? right. It's just like, hey, we need to do this because uh, we, we just need to. Like, what, what else are we doing? Let's figure out what we're right. doing before we do something like that. So perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. And there's a lot of schools that don't, um, that wouldn't do that. They would do the stupid thing. They would do something big yeah. for no reason when right. you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Or they would do something the same, but not the same. Like you go out and get some other school's coordinator. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like it's for just no like, reason. Well, like, why? Exactly. Like yeah. What, what yeah. did you need to yeah. somebody else for? You had a guy. Like just pay yep. the guy. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So, all right. In, however, in a, in a hire that might be, well, we're going to come up to what I think is probably the best hire, but a very good hire is uh, Tom Allen in Indiana was fired, and they replaced him with the James Madison head coach, Kurt Signetti, oh, man. Uh, who, uh, was, who did an amazing job in the FCS, and then he did an amazing job in his one FBS season, and... That's that is a perfect, perfect hire for Indiana. Perfect. I couldn't say anything nicer about it. I don't know that there's any coach in the country that was available that would have been a better grab than, excuse me, than that. Except for somebody I'm going to come to later. Yeah, I. This is I'm, for Indiana. Indiana, they won the lottery. Like to yeah, get, no, it's great, amazing to to, to snag. This guy is like huge because these the, James Madison last couple of years has been a monster, has been yeah, yeah. very dangerous and they and the conversion happened like and that's a guy. This feels this feels like like the beginnings of like Chip Kelly or something. I don't know if it's on that level. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, but like, yeah, but you can't be. It could. It Here, could here's be. what and it could it be. It could be an Urban Meyer situation. Or, that's what yes, it could exactly. Be. That's exactly yeah. what you're kind of looking at here. Right. And now we got this whole mix-up of the conferences. Everything's happening. All of a sudden, Indiana yep. looks like Utah. Like, yep. that's, oh, yeah, exactly. And that's perfectly exactly. possible. And then you get another guy yep. after that who just wants to keep, you know, wants to keep everything rolling. And you're, and you're Utah, yep. and you're always top 15 every, every you know, every, every season. Like, that. that's – this yep. – you're right. This might be. I'm. I'm interested to see who the other one is because I don't know who. I don't know who. Yeah, who you have coming up. But like, this is my favorite. This is huge. I'm, I think I've just become a Hoosiers fan because of this. Yeah, it's great. And this. And this. You've got it perfectly right. This is the Urban Meyer Utah hire potentially. This is. You come out here. You have this amazing off the chart magical season. You get them to the playoff. You win a playoff game. You beat somebody on the road. You do something crazy, and then all of a sudden you can't keep him. No. Because <laughs> no. Ohio State fired Ryan Day, right. and they need a guy, and that's the kind of guy that gets that job. So uh, that's exactly too urban, though. I'm not even going to say that, but something like that could. Right. So great hire, great hire. Uh, in a shrug your shoulders hire to replace Mike Elko at Duke, they hired Manny Diaz, the defensive coordinator at Penn State and previous Miami head coach. That was fine. fine. Uh, yeah, that's. It was fine. That's not a bad. There's. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, like, you 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 probably replaced like with like, or you replaced a, a real like a like a B plus tier coach with a B minus tier coach. Yeah, and you maybe just, that's what you did. Yeah, and you yeah. you hope that you hope that you caught this guy at a time in his life where he's really trying to just get into his yeah. head coaching, and maybe you yeah. catch some fire. But you probably are going to yeah. continue yeah. to be what you were. It, it, it's at best, it's probably like the uh, the hire of the guy at Rutgers. Uh, right, what's his name? Yeah, Greg Schiano. It's like maybe a Greg Schiano hire right. where you get a guy, he gets you a bunch of eight-win seasons, you upset somebody every so often, yep. you just keep yep. it moving, which Duke would take, you know yeah, what I mean? But Elko was on like a trajectory where you felt like maybe Duke was in that top four conversation mm -hmm. where Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz took teams that should have been best teams in the ACC, Miami, which is one of the teams that I left out that's maybe in that conversation. And took Miami, and they were just a little bit better than average. They weren't amazing. They were what Florida State was for a while right. until recently. So, yeah. I don't know. It's fine. It's a fine hire. It's fine. Uh, 
Brady Hoke retired at San Diego State and was replaced by the offensive coordinator of the Colorado Buffaloes, Sean Lewis, who until... Because, look, Dion is just doing things his own way. Some of the things he did was weird, like sit down the guy who was probably the most responsible play call-wise for Colorado upsetting the people that he upset. He got sat down, and everybody saw how good he was. Um, he coached at Kent State early in his career. So I, not he's not great, but he's he's very good. He won a division there. Mm-hmm. He San Diego State, he's certainly a kind of guy that could maybe get San Diego State to the playoff. And that's what you're looking for. I yeah. think that's a playoff level higher. Yeah, I think um, I just drove back. I just drove past San Diego State. Uh, for the first mm-hmm. time, and just and just what a what a gorgeous campus to have to go work at, you know that's oh, not bet. too bad. So, um, but but more to the team, I think them in the they had a year that I in the Mountain West that I was hoping was going to be better. No, I'm thinking of San Jose State. Never mind. But San Diego State's always in the lower end. You know, they're the New Mexicos and Nevadas of the world. Like, they're always in the bottom. But if you can if you can build something, this is a Mountain West that is for the taking. You know, like, yes, sure, I guess absolutely. you have to deal with this weirdness with Oregon State. Um, and yeah, but they don't even count towards the conference. Right, right. So, so that's whatever. So And here's the thing. You get a couple of the, you get a win against those teams, and that helps your playoff run, playoff aspirations. Right. So there you go. Right, it's true. So it's San Diego's And San Diego State, although not historically what I would say a football school, um, it's the type of environment and inside of a, a Mountain West that – both things could be cha- could be changed pretty relatively quickly. Like you could change the nature of of your team or the nature of the Mountain West pretty quickly, uh, especially over the five. And then, like you're saying, yeah, if you if you come out and you win the Mountain West, like you could you could go play the playoff. Like that that you could be your destiny. So, uh, I think it's a perfectly fine hire for San Diego State. Probably. Probably a one-up for them. Um, I, maybe I don't want to. I don't. I guess I don't know for sure. But, but uh, if if their plan is to give time and really like let him work some stuff out and make sure that they they're building the right thing, then if they do that, I mean, they could be banging with the. I mean, Boise State even in their bowl game didn't. Uh, the bowl game's not the thing, but even in the Mountain West Conference title game, like it's shocking that they did what they did. So you know, like we could be saying the same thing about San Diego State. Sure, sure. No, I, I think he was he was not just a one-up. He was a clear one-up. Like, look, Brady Hoke is great. Excuse me. Brady Hoke was one of the reasons that they had, like, their, their period from 2010 to 2020 was the second best period they've ever had. They had, now, Rocky Long was the coach for, of a lot of that, but that was kind of built off of what Brady Hoke had finally started to build, and that's why Brady got the Michigan job is because he was on his way up. So mm-hmm. Brady kind of built it. Then it kept it, Rocky Long kept it, kept it rolling and then Brady came back and he had one good season and he was on his way down mm-hmm. so you know uh, actually no I guess he was still down he didn't even really get up so yeah so he but Sean Lewis is going somewhere I think and yeah. there's this is a, this is the right time where you can you can make some cool things happen if you do it right and I think they took a good guy yeah totally however we go to the best hire um, that I think that there was, and it's going to really be, 
And there's a couple other ones that are going to come that are also like wow, wow hires. But I think this is the best hire of all the hires. And that is to replace Daner Holgerson in Houston. Willie Fritz, the Tulane head coach, moves over after just doing the best job that anybody can do in in Tulane to turn them into a team you expect to play for the New Year's Six over the past couple of seasons. Right. Um, plus what he did at Georgia Southern back in the day, he's a really good head coach who, who can do a lot with a little, and Houston is going to give him what he needs resource-wise now, you know, once they move to the Big 12. So, yeah, great hire. I think this is the best hire that anybody made. Yeah, I uh, you're you're 100 right. I'm I'm sad for Tulane, but this is exactly like what we're talking about. But with the uh, James Madison guy going to Indiana, or you know, obviously we saw it with Urban. Like Tulane was always going to be a sort of jumping spot, but he or Luke Fickle, another good example. I don't know. I don't know if he. I think this guy might have done better than Luke Fickle, but we'll we'll, we'll see. But my point is that that you really could. He was supposed to get this job, you know, and it's unfortunate for Tulane yeah, yeah. because they were they were great over the time that he was there, and they would have continued to be great, and they could have put themselves very, and maybe they maybe they will still, but oh, put, we'll get to Tulane. They did just fine. We'll get to Tulane. <laughs> right, right, but but any, but at least for this one, you know, like it's it's cool to see a guy, a guy get the job that he should get. Um, yep. And I'm very excited to see. He's moving right up the way you're supposed exactly. to. Exactly. And I'm very excited to see that in a similar fashion to, to Luke Fickle. Um, I'm very excited to see the build of that. So so this is cool. So I'm 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 pro and I'm a little sad for Tulane. Kind of. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But you don't have to be too sad. Right. For them. We'll get to them, though. Uh, we have to talk about who we talked about real quick, Boise State. They hired their interim head coach, who was their defensive coordinator, who, who, who led them to the Mountain West Championship game. Um, he got him a conference title, the first ever interim head coach to win a conference title. Oh, hello. Uh, what an awesome hire for them. It's the hire you have to make. Yeah, he may not end up being the greatest head coach. They, they're another team that has expectations to play in, uh, play in playoff games. Mm-hmm. It, it's expectations to be one of the teams that should be in the, in the 12. And so is he, is he going to be a long-term hire? Maybe not, but it's exactly the hire you got to make because you don't fire the guy that's the first ever interim head coach to win a conference title. No, you can't. I mean, again, like we were saying, you would hope not. You would hope that the school right. would to do the right thing. There's no. But I guess if like Fritz was open, you have to make that hire. I guess one of these amazing guys were open. I guess you have to, but yeah. Right, but basically, and, and I guess, it, yeah, in, in that case, if the name was so flashy, everybody would give you a pass fine because uh, it's still right. interim guy right. did it. So it's, sure. it's like sure. you could make your own decision about it. But this is, right. I'm happy they did it. He deserved it. This is a great, I mean, what a story uh, in and of itself. Right. So like, like give, yeah, just give, give, let the band have the job. And and his his bottom, which may be unfortunate for him, but we'll find out his bottom is, is being able to turn a situation around. So hopefully that sure. you know, can continue. And Boise State, I think is, is etched into college football where kids, kids that are thinking about going to school are, I'm not saying they're jumping at Boise State, but it, if you see that blue, if you see that blue horse head, you go, all right, you know, Boise State's around. Could I go play on the blue turf? Again, I don't think five stars are jumping at the bit to go to play Boise State, but it is part of the zeitgeist of popular teams, and it's been like that for a while now, I think. So um, it's a possibility that you could turn, you could keep things 
nice and hot at Boise State, especially Mountain West hot. Yeah, yeah, like, like there, it's a strong, it's a strong brand. Yes, I'm yes. sure they do pretty well. Um, I mean, they, they, they're in the, they're in that same bubble as far as their team composite talent. I just pulled it up just to see what twenty four seven thinks about their team talent. They're in the same range as BYU. They're in the range of Washington State. They're around Wake Forest and Syracuse, so they're in that middle of a big conference area. Um, so yeah, great. Yeah, they they got plenty plenty they can do there. There where they don't maybe need to have a, the most amazing head coach in the world um, to to get where they're going. But I think they ultimately end up moving. But it's fine. It's a good hire. Yeah, good. Uh, UTEP fires Dana Dimmel and they hire the Austin P head coach Scotty Walden, who is also a very well respected uh, FCS. Uh, coach, this is a young uh, he coached guy, right? A little bit at Southern Miss. He's a young guy. Yeah, yeah. this I yeah. like. I like this guy. I, like, I watched yeah. Austin P a couple of times over the last, not this year, but last year. <clears throat> I watched him a couple of times because of this coach. So I'm very interested about this. Yeah, coaches. yeah. Apparently, he's well known with the schools in Texas. So probably the best coach available, the best coach that they could hire for UTEP. So good call there. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Totally. Uh, Terry Bowden gets fired at University of Louisiana Monroe, and Bryant Vinson, the offensive coordinator at New Mexico, was hired. He was an interim coach at UAB for a year and went seven and six there. Uh, he, you know, New Mexico has been, even though they haven't been amazing, they've been pretty good offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he's well known in the area, so it also feels like a good. Enough hire, but it's just a hard job. Yeah, like that's a it's just insanely hard. I was yeah. just talking about New Mexico State the other day and how it's it's absolutely crazy that they've done what they've done. So and any any time you sure. do anything positive in the state of New Mexico for college football, you're sure you're huge. So hopefully sure. they hopefully that's what this means for them. Just it's it would be I would love to say uh, New Mexico is going bowling or New Mexico just upset somebody next year. I don't know if that'll happen, but that would be that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, but Louisiana Monroe at least gets a at least gets a uh, gets a guy who knows what it is to work in those type of small schools. So, all right, great. Uh, we have at Middle Tennessee uh, Rick Stockstill, who is the fourth longest tenured coach in college football, I believe, fourth or third, I can't remember, but in that range, got fired. And the former head coach of Vanderbilt, Derek Mason, who was taking a year off after being the Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, takes that job. He's he's a coach from the area. He's It's kind of a good hire there. Um, I think I agree with CBS, who had that as an A hire. Uh, he's coached in the SEC, knows the area. It's Middle Tennessee. Yeah, great. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you you took some time off, I'm I'm sure that probably helps. I feel like in in a lot of the cases on the on the real, you know, S tier news guys like Urban and who, you know whoever that those guys take some time off, they come back and they do well. So hopefully that's what this means for him. And if that is, then then this is a great hire. I don't know. Uh, really like what the bar is. I think they just need to be less shitty than they were. <laughs> and if he does that, then he'll be great. And so hopefully hopefully expectations are low and he's allowed to build a program how he wants to. And we'll see what happens. But the, those Vandy teams weren't... I think those Vandy teams were better 
um, if I remember. Yeah, they were fine. They were yeah, fine. And he coached for there for Vandy. six years. Yeah, so, so that's right. Like he was, he was fine. He's got experience. I mean, you get you get an experienced coach, an experienced guy who coached in the SEC and is from the area. Perfect. Yeah. Check, check, check. Yeah, totally. Right? Totally. Like it's right. Middle Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. totally. Now, a, a, of, uh, a, a, CBS is really excited about this hire. I think it's a good hire for the school. I don't know that it matters, uh, but at New Mexico, uh, Danny Gonzalez, uh, well, I don't know if he was fired, if he got another job, but he was gone, and uh, Bronco Mendenhall, the former BYU and Virginia head coach, is hired there. Wow. Uh, another guy who's got Power 5 experience, this size school experience, had top 25 teams. Um, I don't, I, I'm trying not to read this directly. Out of the CBS page, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to add something, but those are good notes. I mean, yeah. that's important. Yeah, and you I, know, being a, a head coach that's done those kind of jobs, having that kind of experience, having a guy like that available at New Mexico, and having the head coach probably a good probably a good decision. Yeah, if he can if he can do if he can do what he did at BYU, then this is this is fantastic. This it's is great, huge, yeah, five star things. But yeah, agreed. But he didn't. I, I said that I think. Had we had this conversation when he went to Virginia, I would have thought he would have done the same thing, and I would have thought Virginia was going to be in a pretty good spot or a, in a better spot. Sure. In the conversation of the fourth sure. team, you know, of the fourth ACC team at the time that he was there, they were never that. Sure. So, sure. is this is the time in between going to help him get back, or was the BYU situation just culturally appropriate for him? I don't know, right. uh, but if, which if, New Mexico could be? Yeah. You know, un, unlike Virginia, who certainly had expectations different. That, I mean, BYU had expectations, too, but BYU is enough of a loner that if you're the right kind of weird, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Virginia yeah, at, at that time is too. like Syracuse. Right. Right? Right. You know, Virginia's like <clears throat> Syracuse where you're like, you had some success, but we need a little bit more than some success. Like, yeah. We need solid success there, even though they may never get it. So for New Mexico, who's not on that level, New Mexico is Vandy. In this circumstance, yeah, that would be. I mean, this would be a good hire for Vandy. Yeah. So fine, it's a great hire for New Mexico. Yeah, and honestly, New New Mexico, this New BYU at the time they got Bronco Mendenhall might have only been slightly better than this New Mexico situation, like as an overall. Right. Like they weren't they weren't killing Utah year over year, and they weren't even winning the Mountain West. I don't think that much prior to Bronco Mendenhall. So it was. So it's like. Yeah, if he can, you know, the bar is low. Hopefully, to give him time. I know I said that a bunch, but like that—that that I hope is powering some of these coaches to get to get. Hopefully, maybe not even the coaches, maybe the universities to give people enough time to be able to do the things that they're supposed to. In New Mexico, I mean, they can only go up. So, yeah. So Bronco took Bronco took BYU over after Gary Crouton was the coach there, whose name I haven't even thought about in a long time. Was he? Was he? Uh, good? Anyway. I guess well, Crown had a twelve win. Crown had a twelve win season in 20, uh, 2001. Okay. Uh, then he had a five win season in two thousand and two, and a four win season in two thousand and three, and a five win season in two thousand and four. So then he was, uh, I think, he was fired in two thousand and four. So Bronco came in and had a six and six season. Then he had an eleven and two season. Yeah. He had back to back eleven and two seasons. Then a ten win season. Then an eleven win season. Yeah. And then he had a seven-win season, and then he had another ten-win season, and then he had a couple eight-win seasons, and then he had a nine-win season, and he went to Virginia. So he did great. Yeah, he, he killed, did great and he, there. And he, he saw a Holy bunch crap. of times during that run, too. So. Yeah, yeah, he did great there. So yeah. then he went to uh, – oh, I did New Mexico, and I meant to do Virginia. 
Uh, hold on. So then when he went to Virginia, Virginia was, let's see, when did he go to Virginia? Okay, so Virginia in 2016. So Mike London was at Virginia. I remember this. He took over for Al Groh, who I think went to Miami. Um, why do I remember this? Yeah, Al Groh went to Miami, who ended up getting replaced by Manny Diaz. Um, or maybe he was fired, because Al Groh had a three-win... No, Al Groh must have been fired. This must have been after. So anyway, Al Groh gets replaced by Mike London, who has a couple four-win seasons, then an eight-win season, then a five-win season, and a two-win season, and a four. So the Bronco comes in. And he has a two-win season, a six-win season, then an eight- and nine-win season. Oh, wow. And then he has a six-and-six six season and a five-and-five five season, and then he leaves. So Broncos actually – I can probably take it all back. Broncos been pretty successful. Yeah, especially for Virginia. Pretty good head That's, coach. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. So, yeah. Those BYU yeah. teams were strong. Great, great hire. Yeah, great hire. That's a five-star hire. I agree. I take it back. Yeah. Th- this, that actually might be the best – Higher, but I mean, if he still got in the game, it might I think be that might be the best, the best hire. Like we may be talking about New Mexico, like we talked about New Mexico State. Soon, yeah, yeah, might be. Uh, okay, in Wyoming, uh, Craig Bowl retires, and Jay Sawell Sawell replaces him. Um, Craig Bowl was great. Yeah, uh, and brought Josh Sawell Allen. In, I think. Is, yeah, yep. Savell is not uh, not on the level of some of these other guys. Like like Wyoming could have been the kind of thing that could have gotten Austin P head coach or mm-hmm. some of these hot coordinators. And so it's just not it's not an exciting hire compared to what's there. And it's going to be falling after a legend is tough. And he did amazing work. There at uh, Wyoming. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not going to be. It seems it does. It seems like Wyoming could have been a little bit more aspirational. I guess um, I'm surprised that they didn't find a better hire. It seems like a job that um, I don't know could be yeah, attractive. It seems like a good job. Yeah, it seems like yeah, it, it seems would like be, a job but... where you you could you always get just enough talent up there to have a playoff. Uh, uh, you win the Mountain West in a year. The Mountain West is pretty good. You win ten games, you make it into the playoff. Wyoming absolutely can do that once every six years. Yeah, they absolutely have the ability to do that. So you should be able to get somebody. But they, and maybe it's just that they just feel like, hey, when you're leaving a cultural legend, good coaches don't want to do that. Yeah, they that's that's also options. yeah, that might so, be the real thing. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I respect that. So, uh, all right, at uh, James Madison. Uh, we talked about the James Madison coach moving on. So Bob Chesney, a Holy Cross head coach, moves in. He was at Holy Cross, who he did really well in his tenure, went to playoffs, had an undefeated regular season. Um, and it's he's got the facilities and school and talent there to do great. I think that's a great hire. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, hopefully they it's gonna be tough to it's gonna be tough to 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 continue what they've been doing um, for anybody. Yep. Um, and so I think yep. they're, if they get close, I think they're going to be happy. The Sun Belt is not going to get easier, I don't think, right. by any means. So, look, I mean, all, like, I, I guarantee App State, Cultural Carolina, Old Dominion. I mean, the Old Dominion Bowl was, was pretty tight, which well, that doesn't necessarily matter. But I think all of these teams, I think everybody on, on the east side of the Sun Belt thinks that they can win the Sun Belt soon. Sure. I think every one of them is like, hey, we, we mix things up now that there's been a change at James Madison and 
you know, App State was fine. Like I think every single, even if you're Georgia Southern right now, you're like, we we get our we get our stuff together in the off season. We're banging to play in the Sun Belt title. Like I think everybody can is thinking about that. So I hopefully that's what James Madison also is thinking about, and and hopefully a guy like this can maintain. It's gonna be tough though. Well, I believe they have another freebie year. I believe they are not uh, eligible oh, for the really? championship in this upcoming year. Yes, Good they have two Lord. years that they have to do that. So, but the nice thing is that still gives them another year to just kind of be. That's right? true. Like they they get a chance to. But if they have a if he comes in and they have an eight win season or something, it's it's a drop off. They don't have to panic. That's right? very true. Because you're building for two seasons, that's not the next true. season. Yes. So. So fine. I think that's good. I think yeah. that's a good hire there. Um, I think that's the kind of guy you want to get at that job to replace the kind of guy that was that kind of guy. That's exactly what their previous coach was, that kind of guy. So uh, Another really good hire uh, to replace Willie Fritz at Tulane is John Sumrall from Troy. Troy mm. has been just <clears throat> solid, 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 complete, dominant, Almost guaranteed nine win, ten win season, without being anything amazing or flashy, just tough and good, and that's exactly the kind of mentality you can take into a program that's been built at Tulane, and with tough and good, that's the way I think you replace a really good head coach is with a guy who knows how to just let talent win and do it do it with toughness and some of this stuff is cliche but it's not cliche at troy they they just play better defense than you and they do enough to win and with access to a little bit more talent and a little bit more national prestige that's a great hire yeah i i 100 agree and and this is a, something that you and i will talk about and, and not probably not in this episode but just at a, at a later date is i i believe and I don't have any data at this point to support this, other than just head coaches off the top of my head. I believe that defensively-minded coaches have a better time as head coaches than offensive ones. Again, I don't have any data to support this. It could be I could be totally off there, but um, there's a lot of guys who who are plugged in that were defensive guys that can bring a defensive talent um, that made their teams way better really fast and kept consistency in the in the win-loss columns. Um, Brian, I think that's not true. You, I thought about it for a minute. I don't think that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, that's not true. I think, I think that when I'm thinking about some of the most successful head coaches, a lot of them have been like offensive wizards, and some of the defensive-minded head coaches have kind of guys have – not been very successful in a lot of places like Jimbo yeah. and uh, some of these other ones. So, yeah. But I think it's more likely that good defensive-minded coaches are really good because you can still win in college football only being really good defensive. Look at okay. that. Okay. So maybe you can still be yeah. successful. So maybe that maybe that's the maybe that's the, the point I'm talking about. Maybe not from a, yes. maybe not from like a yes. is your you know what is the top end, but you're gonna get a guy that's yes. around all the time that's gonna be yes. consistent. You're gonna win you're gonna get out of games uh, that that maybe you shouldn't have probably a lot of the time. And so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe I think you're I yeah, think you're probably yeah. right. But at the top end it's probably offensively minded guys that are really figuring things out. But but you can you know, like if you're like does this guy turn into Kyle Whittingham? You know, like you could that that is a that is an attainable thing. Kyle Whittingham 
is been consistent to say the least in his time. And like obviously these teams that that he's had have been defensive monsters basically his entire sure. tenure at Utah. Sure. Can can Troy can this can this, can what he did at Troy translate to Tulane and keep keep Tulane at the height so they can keep recruits coming, keep transfer guys coming, and then hopefully he transforms or morphs himself into a person that also can win and can win consistently inside the American. But it's going to be tough to fucking win in the American for sure. Yeah, but look, Florida State, even though they didn't make the playoff, they certainly could have. They did it with defense a lot because they had the quarterback situation to deal with. Uh, Michigan, I mean, a a varied team, but not super talented offensively. They did it heavily with defense. Alabama had to carry half of their season with defense because they don't have a varied and talented passing game. It's a lot of varied running. Kirby Smart just won two national championships on defense. Kirby fucking Smart. Defense, right? right? So so 100%. If you are a talented defensive coach, you will always be good. For right? sure. You'll always be good. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's I think that's good for Tulane. They did reload. They lost. They lost significant. They still lost pretty significantly. But that's a great. That's an awesome hire for them. Like that's like a. I bet everybody once they signed that contract and the, he left. He left the room. That whole Tulane like organizational group that was in there were like, oh thank God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last two we have real quick. One is pretty interesting. One is kind of goes with what we were talking about. Uh, at Troy, John Strumraw, who we talked about, he was replaced by Notre Dame's offensive coordinator, Jared Parker. Uh, Parker uh, is fairly well respected. Um, Troy should still be as good, I think. Um, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were in a position where they just didn't have... This is the level of job you have to choose from. Right. Is kind of an unproven, talented coordinator, which I think we've got here. It's unfortunate for Notre Dame, who's got to change offensive coordinators again. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but, yeah, a fine hire. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, you hope the other, you know, the west side of this Sun Belt is, is probably going to be more forgiving um, than... Then I would say the East will be so to to go there at you know already with Troy having a pretty good, um, having having done what they've done like you kind of get some of that buff for kids wanting to go there and stuff and and yeah. you can yeah there's a foundation yeah and so you could probably start to win you quickly more quickly on the West side but I think in a similar similar case like now that all the rest of the teams know that Troy's head coach is gone and they have to do this new thing I think I think maybe not Louisiana Monroe. But maybe maybe because they got a new head coach too, right? Um, or and Southern Miss. Maybe yeah. the top two or three are not considering that they can win the West. But like the West is up for grabs too on, in the Sun Belt. So hopefully Troy can do that and win, and it means good things for them and not for everybody else in this context. Uh, but it's not going to be easy to win in the Sun Belt right away. So hopefully he's that guy. Yeah, theoretically though, he is not. He's he's going to keep them as talented theoretically. Right. So, right. so and that's, that's that, all you're really trying to do. Yeah. You're either trying to theoretically not drop off, or you're trying to theoretically get better. Some teams just don't want to be worse. They want to keep what they've got going. Yeah. This sounds like a hire that could do that. Yeah. yeah. It may not be Willie Fritz hire. It may not build you up, but it keeps a very good team very good, and that's a fine hire. Yep. I agree. 
Uh, we have the opposite of that hire, though, at uh, Nevada, where Ken Wilson was fired and Jeff Choate, the co-defensive coordinator at Texas, who coached at Montana State in his career, comes in, and they expect him to be a better coach. It's uh, looks like a good hire. He was a head coach before. He, you know, you know, being a defensive coordinator at Texas is is not a is a big time coordinator job. It's certainly a Kirby Smith. Uh, kind of higher. Um, did I say Smith? It's, yeah. it's not Smith. What is Kirby's last name? Is it Smith? No, Kirby Smart. You mean from Jordan? Smart. Thank you. Yeah. God. Kirby Smart. It could be a Kirby Smart kind of hire where you get a guy who's a really talented coordinator to a talented program. And, well, in this case, not a talented program, but a, a program that certainly has had success, but you get a guy who's really talented and, like we talked about, defensive coaches, and all of a sudden you get really tough good defense and you hold on and then you build that into nine and ten win seasons so that's that's what they're that's what they've hired and so I, that makes it a good hire yeah and, and 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 again because of the nature of the mountain west at least this year assuming the trend stays like you do have to deal with like some nonsense but like as nevada you could be winning by next year like the bottom year you could be if you do things right and this guy is a real step up, then it's like there can be Colorado State, there can be Hawaii, there can be Utah State. Then the top half is tougher, but maybe the Wyoming switch you can win, Air Force is well, maybe chilling. Like you could do, you could have Nevada turned around really quickly and hopefully, I, I assume yeah, that that's what they be, wanted to do. They could be San Jose State. I mean, that's For what exactly, San Jose State did. Exactly. Which that's just a great a Show up. Yep. And almost playing the conference championship. Uh, fuck, it's what UNLV did. It's also the, true. The team Very that did true. make exactly. it the conference championship. Exactly. It's just, we just, it, the, the Mountain West is not so good. And these teams' base is not so bad. That's one of those things that if San Diego State can do it, if San Jose State can <laughs> build some kind of program there, then anybody can. For sure. And Nevada if, if UNLV can do it, then Nevada, then Nevada can, right? can do it. UNLV, exactly. UNLV is, is, is for sure the school of the state. So I shouldn't compare them like they're similar. UNLV's ceiling is just much bigger than Nevada's will ever be. Yes. Their brand is bigger. Yes. Their history is bigger. Yes. They play in the Raiders stadium. Right. Like, as much as I think the, the, the experience of of having a having a good state a good stadium on campus is better than having an NFL stadium. But if you can turn to something that picks up on pop culture, and you can tell people, "Hey, come see us. We're in Las Vegas." All of a sudden, you can do something where you can't do that in Nevada. That one you got to build with your own two hands. Yeah, you, you, get, you get no breaks. Yeah. Yeah, because Reno is Reno. Yeah, you can't. You got to really yeah, do. No really breaks, man. Do something. But San Jose, like you it's said, San not, Jose did it, so anybody could do it. Yeah, not a place that you can just you can just lean on. Hey, we we come here. We're you want to be here? It's Nevada. It's like fuck and no. <laughs> Very true. Oh. Oh. All right, those are the coaches. Those are the coaching teams. Do you have anything you want to talk about otherwise before we go into the bowl games that have already happened? Um, I just wanted to, and and I think that this this is, I've been saying that a bunch, but I think we'll have some more time in the offseason to really get more into just like topic things, and we don't, we don't have to tend to spend a, a ton of time on this, but I did want to get your opinion on all of these, all of the Georgia switches 
that are happening. And if we don't want to, we don't need to talk about Georgia specifically, but just how many guys in the transfer portal are are guys that are are in starting positions at schools that are really good, and they're going to lesser schools to do it. Do you, do you think this is all NIL stuff? Do you think they just want to mix it up? Like, what, what do you think is like the behind some of these some of these moves that just seem lateral or or down? I think in most cases, in most cases, is an opportunity for guys who would have who would have either been competing in a job they weren't sure to have, or they were going to be, they're going to potentially have to put themselves in a position of being a backup, knowing that there are schools that are at a level down that absolutely can take them, that they would have been, like when they came to that school, they thought they were going to be the starter. And then once you get to a competition and you get to a certain point where maybe you can't, make it as the starter there, then like somebody tweeted it and it was perfect. It was like, hey, these guys are leaving because they want to compete. And the answer is no, these guys are leaving because they want to compete on the field. They don't want to compete at practice. Right. They want to go out and start actual games on the field. And if going to another school will let them do it, these guys are guys that either want to go to the NFL or they want to play as much football as possible. I I can't stand people telling them they have to do this a certain way and potentially blow their chance to play actual football games and blow eligibility when they can go somewhere else and play football games. Why are we mad at kids for wanting to play games of football? Like it's more valuable. Like, like we think it's better for them to have competed hard and played, lost a whole season being a backup than to go somewhere else and play football games against other teams. It's crazy to me. It's crazy. Yeah, and look, and I'll have, I, I, think, I, I think that's what I hope for. Like that's in my, if, you know, in, my, in my softer side, like I, ho- I hope that it's happening because of what you're talking about. Like it's very simple. I just want to play games. And, and I think kids now, especially the, a lot of these kids when they were in high school, when they were young, they were seeing guys get into the league, not because of the team that they played on, but because of the tape that they that they created, right? I, I said oh, it yeah. earlier, but I'll use Josh Allen. Now, I mean, he's not the great example. Just because he was a physical freak already didn't matter. But but like it's, a, it's like he didn't have to worry about any of the stress of – of playing against, uh, you know, another guy on his level, or even trying to worry about like from practice, from day to day, he just went to he just went to uh, Lansing. I can't believe I was going to say Lansing. He just went to Wyoming and Laramie. There it is, and uh, and just got to play every day. And so I agree with you. I hope that that's I I didn't I don't know what the, what the actual you know case is if 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 it is what you're talking about. My assumption is is that it is that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm also hopeful that that's what it is because I, if, if it just means get tape, like you, every year, if you go through every round in the NFL draft, there's guys coming out of schools that you've never heard of because they have really good tape and they're um, put together athletes and they can go get a job. And like, that's what I'm hopeful. So, but it's just, you know, when you see a guy leave, when you see a guy leave a situation like Georgia and you just assume, and you know, maybe, maybe I've been, um, 
conditioned, I guess, you know, to your point, like to think that, oh, why would you give something up? Why would you give that job up? But it's really, he's really just given up a lot of time. And if you can't make it work there, like what are you doing wasting your time? Go find some place yeah. to play, which is a really good point. So interesting thing. Yeah, they never, they don't get it back. That's the thing is we're all sitting them telling them what to do. They won't get that time back. Right. You only have a certain period of time when you get to play college football. And for most of these guys, that's going to be all the football they will ever play that matters. Exactly. And so why in the world would we tell the like okay even if even if they were the starter and they see another kid coming in there and they know I'm going to have to work my ass off to keep my job over this other kid and I may lose it in the middle of the season because maybe I'm not prepared to work my ass off maybe I've been physically better for so long and this guy is going to challenge me and I hear there's going to be a competition well I can I am I started at Georgia. There is 120 other schools that I will walk in the door and start at. Right. Why in the world would I put in the effort to do that? What valor, do, what, what valor do I get from that if I don't play half of a season when I could just go play a full season at, you know, Nebraska, Northwestern, right. Nebraska, right. like UCF, or I go to I go to Tulane, and I'm the starter, and I'm all ACC, AAC, and we go to the playoff when we beat a team, and I have a really nice career because I could I could still get drafted. It's like David Carr being really good at Fresno. If you get to go somewhere and play really well, because you're still better than nine tenths of the other players that you play, that's the goal. Yeah, that's what you want. Totally. So I I think it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's I crazy. Agree. But anyway, I think that's what a lot of it is. I think a lot of it is kids now have control of what kind of coaches they want. Oh, yeah. That's and so if they too, go right. to a situation that's not good, mm -hmm. they can transfer to a situation that is good. Mm -hmm. And you can show game film and you can say to coaches, when you're picking your school, you can say, this is what I didn't like and this is what I like. And you can find a, a, a team that matches. Or you can say, this is the style of game I want to play because this is what I think is better for me. And it's great that kids have the opportunity to have some control in their life instead of them being held to a standard because we don't like it that that hurts their career when all they do is entertain us. That's the whole reason that we give a shit is because they go out there and entertain us. That's what they do. They deserve that much. Yeah, totally. <sighs> all right. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into well, it? Let's get into this garbage that just happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Trash all right. Out. Yeah. So we'll start with Western Kentucky 38, Old Dominion 35 at the famous Toastery Bowl. It was an overtime game where the backup quarterback that is transferring for Western Kentucky threw for 383 yards and five touchdowns. And he's not sure if he's going to come back because they want him to play tight end. So that's one of the most interesting stories about... It's the only interesting story I have about any of these games, but it's the most interesting story maybe I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, and it's it's incredibly interesting, and and it's it's interesting because he's he's transferring a game that he didn't even uh, like. He didn't really. I don't know if he wanted to play in or not, but it's it's fine. Right. He did have a really good game, right. but he played right. in, the, in the famous Toastery Bowl. Sure, um, sure. And he's potentially gonna he's potentially gonna come back next year as right. not. As not a quarterback after playing a game, you know, all one of very. He was a backup, so it's not 
it's not like that much, right. but it's still like this is the definition of these early bowl games to me. Every all of that explanation for all this stuff that just happened to that one guy inside of this stupid ass famous toastery bowl is is like sure. we were talking about earlier. Like, is my general salt with, with the front half of the bowls? You know, it just sure, is like sure. whoa. I you understand. Know, like, what are we doing? But I mean, at the same time, right. like cool for Western Kentucky to be able to hold up a trophy. And I did, it, it did give me something to do. So it is good, but it's just such a funny, like, sequence of events that you just said. And, and the naming sure. of those things is just a wild sure. situation. Sure. But at the same time, the one thing of value that this game did is potentially give the guy who was going to be a tight end a chance to compete for his team's quarterback That's job next very year. True. That which is, is the the most yes. valuable. I mean, very few things could have more value than that happening. That's right. as real as it could be. Right. Is going to a game and performing to where you may not have to change your position you're right. playing. Yeah, he, so, he got he got that end of the year cool. audition and he he did it. Yeah, he he took he you get, he was given an opportunity and he took it. Yeah, and that's got to have some value. So very true. Uh, all right, uh, we have the Myrtle Beach Bowl, uh, where Ohio gets their tenth win against Georgia Southern, forty-one to twenty-one. Uh, you know, great great season for Ohio. Like it, I well, I shouldn't say great. I think it is a little bit. There is a bit of a fall off, a little bit more of a fall off than they probably. Um, wanted like I think that they could have they could have won the MAC this year at the beginning of the year we had talked about them and I I put my I put my chips in behind them um, and right. I thought that they were going to do it, the beginning half of it but to end the year ten and three um, you know bowl game with with all you know all the guys that stayed and played like that's good and and how nice would it have been to be in Ohio in the month of December and then be able to fly to Myrtle Beach and hang out for a week. Not a bad way to, sure. to, to spend a week. Yeah, yeah. And listen, for for the second place team basically in the MAC to go out and play one of the Sun Belt's like six bowl teams, a good Georgia Southern team, uh-huh. and win that game to get to your 10th win, that's a pretty... That's just a thing that you can sell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's not, even if, you know, whatever the quality of the game is, you can sell the, hey, look, we got our 10th win. We went out and in a neutral site, we played we played 20 points better than uh, a, a team out of a conference that was very much better than us. So, yeah, check. That's yeah. We, It's just a good story to tell. For sure. Good, good on Ohio. Uh, a better story to tell, however, is Jacksonville State 34, Louisiana 31 at the New Orleans Bowl, where Jacksonville State wins in overtime by a field goal to win a bowl game they weren't even eligible to qualify for until not enough teams qualified to get them to a bowl game. So this game really actually had meaning. Like yeah, This yeah. game was a game that was really important in the lore and history of Jacksonville State. So I'm excited they won it, and it was close. Louisiana was at home. Jacksonville State is nearby. Like a cool having being able to have a game like that in the Superdome for a Jacksonville State team that didn't that shouldn't have made it here is amazing. That was a yeah. really cool thing. Yeah, first their first bowl win, their first bowl game, they get their first bowl yeah. win. Like, yep, it's pretty. Yeah, pretty. And then I'm sure they had you know as 
as big of a crowd as you could for being in an early early week bowl game like people traveling over and and wanting to hang out so like yeah this is a this is this is cool and it was tight which is also nice like it was a good yeah. it was a fun game to watch just the same too so to get it done in overtime like this is quintessential storyline story yeah exactly for, for history which is cool yeah yeah that's right that's right uh in a game that's the opposite of that we had the Cure Bowl game, uh, Miami of Ohio 9, App State 13. Uh, you know, all those storms and stuff were happening, so I think if I remember correctly, this was a rainy game. Yeah, so, I think they stopped it, maybe? Uh, I don't know if they did or not. I cannot remember. No, they. I, I guess it ended. It just was, it just was rainy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just was just super rainy. They said an inch fell before the game started, and another inch fell between kickoff and the final day. So that was not a fun game to watch, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, they did it. They got a trip to Orlando. So, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I think the more interesting thing um, to me is that is what apps they did over the course of the season because i i also was following uh following along with their season quite um, sure throughout and and at the beginning of the year i remember thinking to myself this is going to be a little rough um like right they, they yep. whoever and but they kind of kept it close against unc so i was like i think, I remember yeah. think maybe at that time i was like okay but then then they just kind of i don't know i actually as i look through it wasn't even that they fizzled but that I just was expecting like them to get snag a couple wins more than they did. But now I'm looking back on the schedule, like they they lose to Old Dominion by seven. They beat Southern Miss. They beat Marshall. They beat Georgia State. They beat James Madison, giving James Madison their first loss of the season at that time. They right. beat App State. Right. They and then they lose to Troy um, in the in the Sun Belt Championship game. But right. Right. But still, like that's a hell of an end of the season, and I I'm always a fan of yeah. App State, and I'm very excited to see App State, like what what happens next year, especially you win you win against a, a solid Miami of Ohio team. Like this is not a this is not just a, this some some Mac trash. Like this is a quality right. Miami of right. Ohio team. Even if they had that yeah, sitting, yeah. it was going to still be a good team. So I I'm very hopeful for what this means for App State going into next year and 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 on. Yeah, quite honestly, the second best team in the MAC sh should be about on this level. The second best team in the MAC is a team that is about the the third or fourth team in the Sun Belt. Right. And that's about right. right, right? And so that's what they were. And so App State was like this. Like if you told me at the beginning of the season they'd go nine and five and they'd lose in the conference championship game, I go, oh, that's about right. But yeah. at the beginning of the season, like you said, it didn't quite feel that way. So. Totally. Uh, we have the New Mexico Bowl, where New Mexico State loses to Fresno State, thirty-seven to ten. There was a little controversy afterwards, where apparently New Mexico, who controls the New Mexico facilities, didn't let New Mexico State in at the, some of the times they should because the New Mexico State <laughs> just, quarterback just peed the on their logo. <laughs> just the uh, most petty. And so, wow. And so it was super petty, apparently, and so Jerry Kill was really mad about it. Um, but so it added some something to a bowl with two. I mean, two really good teams. Both of those teams had a really good season. I'm okay with the thought that Fresno State's 27 points better than New Mexico State. I'm okay yeah. with that. That yeah. feels right. That yeah, does, that's it, fine. It does feel right. Like I, I love. We were yeah. talking about New Mexico State. 
a bunch of times, and I love the fact that they're ten win. It's just such a cool thing that they can yeah, they can great build story. a team that they did over the course of the season. But Fresno State was the better team, like we knew that. Yeah, and absolutely. Mikey Keene, who I who I watched also a bunch this year, he yeah, yeah. he had a, he went three he had three hundred eighty yards and passing, and he had three touchdowns. So he had a good super solid game. They were gonna they were probably yeah. always gonna have a game like this, especially with him um, starting. I think he is a. I don't know what he is. I don't think he's leaving. I think they got him again next year. I assume that's why he's playing, too. He is a... I don't know, but he's from here. He's from Arizona. He's a sophomore. He's, he's a, a sophomore. sophomore. There you go. So that's big. I think that's huge. This is a great... This is another yeah. situation where Fresno State's going... They must be licking their chops. Just going like, oh, thank Mikey's here. He's healthy. He got a great showing us for us. A great showing for us at the end of the year. Um, and they must be feeling good, you know, like getting into those off-season workouts are going to be a little bit smoother, I hope, for all the kids because they can yeah. build. And, and as we said before, the Mountain West is up for grabs. You can you can go win next year and win the Mountain West. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have everything they need to to be able to win the Mountain West. Um, and they – they're that good. This is the kind of season, again, if you told me at the beginning of the season, 9-4, and four, they almost played the conference championship game, but they didn't. I go, okay. But they, had, they, had the, they them and, and Air Force were looked so good so, so good. early that we thought it was going to be like the battle of the <clears throat> one-loss versus no-loss teams. And then both of them faded late, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, that's right. Good win. Yeah. Uh, in the L.A. Bowl at SoFi, UCLA, which SoFi Stadium is the closest stadium to UCLA's uh, campus, even though that's not their home stadium. So they even got to go closer to home by going to the L.A. Bowl. <laughs> the Rose Bowl is further away. The Rose Bowl, yes, the Rose Bowl is further Whoa, away. That's so that lot. was an interesting note I saw. Uh, UCLA 35, Boise State 22. Again, Boise State had a very nice season. This game I don't think should matter in the scheme of what their season was. They should be still very proud of what they did considering the circumstances. But UCLA underachieved, and so they were considerably better than Boise State, and that's what should have happened. Yeah, this is the I, – I, I didn't see – I popped into this game like I was walking around on the day. I was out, out and about, and I popped in on this game, and, and, this, and they were up at the time. Like it was the third quarter, and UCLA was just about to score again or something. And, and I went – I was like, yeah, okay. Like UCLA is the better – it's probably just talent-wise – the better yeah. squad here, like they're roughly the yeah. same, but like you know them them losing by what is it four thirteen, like fine, right? You know all of this makes yeah. sense. I think Boise State, I hope Boise State was in the like what are we doing for next year type mode more than anything. I think UCLA was probably in that mode. So this was this was the most outside of the the toastery bowl, whatever a famous toastery bowl. This was another just right. like okay, yeah, we played a game. All right. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it's look, you know, yeah, it's just like, hey, this is this is just one of those games just like here's here's a chance to see teams play each other that you don't get to see very often that are very similar. They're very kind of similar in their trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um and you can see that UCLA and the Pac-12 was just one step above right. the Mountain West. And that's fine. That's okay. Uh, finally, we have the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, where Texas Tech beats Cal 34-14. Nice seasons all the way around. Texas Tech probably underachieved a little bit in California, who uh, my last opportunity to mention I said was going to be uh, better than expected. 
uh, to the Sincona here. I'm really proud of that. Uh, so they had a very nice season, six and seven, uh, losing to a Texas Tech team that is about a seven and six team every year. I mean, that's kind of where they are. And so they are what they are, and they beat a quality team. Uh, Texas Tech is probably a little bit better than the mid of the the uh, you know the mid of the Big Twelve. Yeah. And California is a it was a step under the really good teams in the Pac twelve. So this is about right. Yep. Yeah, you know, this feels correct. Yeah, this is almost this is almost a, a carbon copy of the UCLA Boise State game. Like this yeah, seems fine. Exactly. Like this makes sense. Like yeah. if if the if the reverse of this the score had happened, I also wouldn't have been necessarily yeah. super shocked. I by wouldn't that. have really either. Yeah, no, I would I, I would have been a little surprised. I would have been like, hey. Cal getting their seventh win against a quality Texas team like that's a that turned this from hey you did better to than expected to hey you had a this is a great season like you can yeah. really feel proud of the season they still can yeah. but it's different it's a little different for them if they win this game even if the game didn't matter in the in the storyline it's like holy crap we're Cal we won seven games this year right. we beat Texas Tech in Louisiana and now we're going to the the now we're going to the ACC, which the ACC doesn't, is not that much better than Texas Tech, right? The ACC, no, exactly. If you're better than Texas Tech, you're the third or fourth best team. So great, uh, but even but this is fine. This just means they're still better than what we thought they were going to be. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and you, the 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 conference changes is also what I was going to bring up. So I'm happy you said that because I think what this is good for both of these teams to end the season in the way in which they both did, like they're both going to have a, a slightly easier conference to deal with next year. Um, Texas sure. Tech a little less. Like the Big 12 doesn't quite, I mean, it does, the, you lose the top, but the, the mid and stuff is still there. So it's not quite as. Yeah, the upper, um, well, the upper mid gets stronger because you get right. Utah and you get right. Colorado and you get Arizona and you right. get Arizona State. So, I think, but but I think those four teams don't don't equal Texas and Oklahoma. There's a chunk there, so it does get weaker. It just has to. Yeah, exactly. So so there, but the, so that that I think just their season in general leads to hopefully is leading giving them confidence and in, in their ability to do do you know better um, in the Big Twelve next year and see how it is. And I think for Cal, like Cal had to go through a freaking gauntlet. Like the Pac twelve was unmatched this year. It's just like it's just a a pain in the ass to try to play week in and week out. The fact that there's six wins based on who they had to play over the course of the year and the team that we thought they were going to be over the course of the year is crazy. So um, and they're going to an ACC where where we talked about earlier. It's like they they can be that fourth team. Like it's it's within a possibility for them to do that. Like they don't they don't have to make incredible leaps to jump the middle part of the ACC, and that's possible for them. So hopefully that that would be cool if that were the case. I'd love to see Cal on top of the ACC quickly. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but that would be awesome uh, if it did. And, and that's what I think this game shows for both these teams, that they're probably going to be better than we think next year, I hope. Right, right. I think that's true. I think that's true. So, all right. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming week's games, including a game that's coming happening tonight in about an hour and a half, which... Means by the time you guys probably hear this, it will have happened. Or uh, I might—I mean, it's pretty early. We do this pretty early. I might be able to get it out. Um, so yeah, let's go through these real quick because I know you got a hard stop um, coming up. 
and we'll have more of a chance to talk about them when we talk about what happened. Yeah, and I think that's going to be Because we can encapsulate it like we yeah. just did. So I'm yeah. just going to go through these quickly, just quickly with the line. We can just make short notes, but I think we'll be able to give it more depth after it happened. But uh, in the Frisco Bowl tonight in Frisco, Texas, UTSA versus Marshall. UTSA is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, good. Hopefully they, they win. Does the coach... I wonder how many of these – we don't need to get into it now, but I, I wonder how many of these guys will have the coach situation. Oh, no, no, no. UTSA has the same coach. UTEP is who I was thinking of. Never mind. Ignore me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, in some of these cases, they're not going to – they're going to have an interim coach yeah. probably coach this game. Yeah. And the new coach will be there or something like that. But, mm. you know. uh, all right. We have the, the Boca Raton game on, bowl on Thursday. South Florida versus Syracuse. Syracuse is a three-point favorite. The weather might be crazy there because of all the rain that's been happening in Florida. I'm not sure by that time, but it might be really wet, so that's worth a note. Yeah, which but Syracuse Syracuse left I'm sure just terrible snow or fr- freezing, right. so it's got to be nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's basically a home game for South Florida, but hopefully Syracuse can sure or something. Sure. Uh, we've got the Gasparilla Bowl on Friday. Georgia Tech at UCF at Georgia Tech versus UCF. UCF is a four and a half point favorite. That sounds about right. Yeah, this is another this is another home home game for sure for yeah. for the Florida team. But Georgia Tech is you know they they're not that it's not terribly far. Yeah, not far. Tampa's, yeah, that's Tampa's kind of on the northernish side. So yeah, that's not a bad drive. That's no. a, that's a, that's would be an easy travelable on and on the and on. The, Christmas weekend, it's right. an easy drive for them to make. So I think it'll be as long as the weather's not crazy, it'll be there'll be good fans there. Yeah, so. I hope Georgia Tech wins uh, just because I like Georgia Tech. But honestly, whatever happens, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, we got the Camellia Bowl. Oh, the Camellia Bowl, <laughs> named after a goddamn flower. Uh, Arkansas State versus Sweet. Northern Illinois. Arkansas State is a three-point favorite, and cheers to Arkansas State, who again I've probably mentioned it every week. Built something out of the fact that when we when I saw them get stopped like fifty two to nothing against Oklahoma and then like they lost their next game, I thought we thought oh this is good there this is a tire fire and mm-hmm. instead nice little season yeah Butch Jones is yeah, the coach pick, there so get a nice six and six you go home happy I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen this game it could it could be a billion to a billion or nobody scores a point I have literally no idea what's yeah. gonna happen yeah there's and, it, and there's no there's no way to gauge it no, the, the Vegas line no is way. the only even attempt and right. it's just gonna do whatever it is right. Uh, an interesting game, though, at least as far as the brands go, the Birmingham Bowl in Birmingham, Alabama, Troy versus Duke. Uh, Troy is a seven and a half point favorite. A nice little marquee kind of game. Uh, Troy should be better than Duke. They should win that game and have a twelve win season. I think if Duke wins it, it'll be, it'll be a nice feeling win. Yeah, yeah. You just lost a coach and. You want to end something? You hope that you can get into some some positives. Troy's defense. I mean, Troy. Even if they have some guys not staying, it's still going to be a hard nosed football team to play against. Uh, so you hope to do it. But Troy is in Alabama school. Where's Troy? Troy is in is in Troy. It's in Troy, Alabama. Troy, Alabama. Yeah. I think so that's another the city. another bit of a home game. I mean, I'm sure it's a bit of a drive. I'm sure it's not right there, but. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this game I'm a little interested to see just because I like watching Troy play more than anything. But, yeah, it would be, it would be heartfelt if, if Duke, uh, if Duke could, could get this one done. So Troy is uh, Troy is just outside of Montgomery. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not a it's it's an it's not a home game, but it's going to be well attended yeah. by Troy students and people. I yeah. mean, it should be shouldn't be no problem for them to hop up there. I was just looking to see how far it would take me to drive to Birmingham on Saturday. Uh, it's it's less than two hours. Birmingham is less than two hours for me. Yeah. I might have to go to that game. You could. And I on, might have to. You like, and you could probably haggle a ticket for a dollar. So like. Yeah, I probably could get a ticket in that. Like, if I go to the ticket resellers, I could get a good ticket to that game. Holy crap! I very well might just do that. That yeah, might be that, exactly that'd, that'd what I do. That'd be an okay game to, to watch for sure. Oh man. Okay. Great. All right. Well, that's exciting. All right. Let's move on. To uh, it's funny because it's not even that much more difficult to get to Montgomery uh, for the uh, what was the other oh the Carmelia Bowl but yeah the no. Troy game would be a much better game to watch so yeah. uh, all right we've got the Potato Bowl in Boise where we have Georgia State uh, versus Utah State where Utah State is a two and a half point favorite these teams are close it's you know it's not a great location to go to but it's an interesting matchup that you kind of only see in bowling season so cool yeah yeah i think i i think utah state gets it done because this is i mean this is like a this is like a two and a half hour drive for them yeah it's an I easy mean, it's, it's an easy so travel easy. game yeah i mean might be in the snow yeah and their fans will drive make the drive so they're gonna have people yeah. in the stands and like georgia state's gonna yeah. have to deal with weather probably and so i expect, yeah georgia state might be playing in yeah. snow i don't know how many chances they get to do that ever, ever. yeah for sure and so you're in your minus two and a half utah state so i'm just, i like that yeah line. i might take that one yeah that's great i think it's great uh in a game that really is going to be a game that's on my much must watch list which will only make it not happen if i go to the birmingham bowl but the armed forces bowl James Madison versus Air Force. James Madison is a two and a half point favorite. Air Force kind of recovered a little bit, you know, at the back end of the season, kind of after stumbling. Like an eight and four season at the beginning of the season would have been a great season, but you thought they were up to more. And James Seriously. Madison, another team that's in a bowl game that shouldn't be. Yeah. They're eleven and one. It's a good, interesting matchup. That is a must-watch game if you can watch it. I'm gonna maybe even not, try not to keep track of the score and watch it when I get home. Yeah, this is gonna be good. This is, I think, <clears throat> I think even with the coaching changes, I think James Madison still sports a really good team, like a solid squad, a squad that we're gonna oh, see. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. come back and be dangerous to next year. Air Force is definitely going to have all the kids out, so I, I could see. I think, and I think that they want this. Like I think that they've they've had moments during the season where they were real, like they were sad that they didn't they didn't come to yep. to play at the bar that they they had built for themselves. So I think they're hungry for one. I agree. I think this this is probably the most much watched bowl game that has happened thus far, or that 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 I want to see yeah. that out of these games or the games that have happened. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think that's that. Yeah, that's the big one. That's the marquee of the early schedule. I think definitely. Uh, we've got the sixty, the sixty-eight Ventures Bowl in Hancock Stadium in Normal, Illinois, uh, <laughs> South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan. South Alabama is a seventeen-point favorite. Yeah, a six-win team in the Sun Belt is a much better team than a six-win team in the MAC. Yeah. Uh, the travel is an interesting one, but it, it's a, another another matchup that kind of only happens in bowl season, so kind of cool. Yeah, and so I, I expect USA to beat the crap out of East Michigan. Like, 
Yeah, 17 point line, like that all seems fine to me. The over under is only 46 and a half, so I assume they just don't think Michigan can even, East Michigan can even do anything offensively, and I would expect the same thing South Alabama's defense is going to be better. But just the, the bowl, the 68 Ventures Bowl in normal Illinois <laughs> at Hancock Stadium is crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. Um, but it's the kind of random town where people will either not go to a bowl game at all or random, you'll get... I mean, I guess getting a little bit of attendance is fine. It's they, mm-hmm. They're on television. They're part of the television contract. Yeah. Schools get a little bit of money. They, the students can get there just get enough people in the stands. It doesn't matter. It's a flyer. So great. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting game that will have happened on that date. Yeah. Uh, a game that kind of turns out to be... Quite a season ender for both teams. The Las Vegas Bowl, Utah versus Northwestern. Northwestern, miracle season. Utah, considering the circumstances, a very good season. Two very good football teams this year where Utah, who's a six and a half point favorite, should win to end with a nice little nine win season. You beat a Northwestern team, you should be better again. And if Northwestern lose, wins, holy crap, what a topper on the year. Like, what a storyline season for them, considering. Yeah, and I I expect uh, Kyle Whittingham always he wins a lot of bowl games. That's why he's still regarded as as highly as he has been um, at Utah. Um, it's definitely one of the reasons like it's he's a big deal is because he also takes bowl games seriously. And so yep. I expect Utah to come correct. Um, they're they're still just dealing with injuries, obviously. I mean, they're hoping they're all of those guys that are hurt are going to continue to not play and just get healthy for next year, which is what Utah wants. But I think Whittingham is going to want to put out a team that he can see what's going on, make sure that hey, he's got things buttoned up going into next year with the change and everything. And so I expect Utah to come and come correct and play. But um, I think Northwestern probably wants it a little bit more. Like they, Utah doesn't really need to win. I don't think that. I think their, right. their yes. eyeballs are already looking towards next year. But Northwest, so right. I assume Northwestern's got a little bit of fire in them. You know, just like you get the guy, you, you, the guy gets the job, and and you're you're finally done with the bit of the controversy. Or you're, you're you guys have really bonded through the season, and it would be a picturesque way to end the thing. So. That would be cool. It doesn't really matter at all for Utah other than just keeping the bowl wins right. high. But, like, I hope Northwestern sure. get it. I honestly don't care either way, though. Sure. They're going to coach it like it matters. But, yeah. obviously, if you walk away from the season 8-5, and five, it's not like being 9-4 and four is this huge step. Like, you wanted, you, you wanted more than that when everybody was healthy. You'll kind of take anything you got when everybody is hurt. And so you did about right. With yep. Northwestern, this is like a, this is like a greatest, great, great season in Northwestern history. E- even without the win, they probably have it. But the win would really top it off. So, yep. yeah, it, this one may not be, like, Utah should still be better all the way around. But, yeah, maybe it'll just kind of be a team that's playing a little bit better versus a team going through the motions. So Mm. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, And finally, we have the Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu, Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State. San Jose State is a 10-point favorite. I think Coastal Carolina fell off from where they thought they'd be, and San Diego State was a big step up where they were. They really might be the better team in this matchup, which is an amazing thing to say about this year. (laughs) So... Uh, a nice little game against two interesting squads. Yeah, San Jose State <clears throat> was the was probably the first 
like excited thing I, I saw happen at the beginning of this year when they put up a lot of points against USC and we obviously found out that USC defense was a, was a bunch of you and me's in the backfield. Um, You're right. And so like they weren't that good, but it was just cool to see San Jose be a little better. They were, you know, top of, of a very tough Mountain West or at least a deep um, Mountain West and cool to see their things. The only thing I really care about, I really hope, and I don't, I'm not going to do any research to find out if this is a thing or not. I hope those Coastal Carolina boys and girls on the team got there like last Wednesday. I hope they cleaned up all their <laughs> the, all their finals, got everything, and then just cruised out to Hawaii, and I hope they've been sitting on the right. beach for like at least a couple of days, because that travel would have been heinous. So like five hours right. to freaking LA, and then another six hours to Hawaii, or whatever it was. So I hopefully, hopefully they got some time. Hopefully they're hanging out post, you know, for Christmas. Hopefully they're getting Hawaii vacation. That's, that's what I care about more than a win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what's nice is that they just get to, you know, they just get to be in Hawaii. Yeah, like that's one of the cool bowls that that's one of the bowls that feels like a bowl. You know, it feels like a a special trip. Like when you get to go to Las Vegas, or you get to go even if it's like stupid, like you play in a historic baseball stadium. Right, or you get right. to play at Myrtle Beach. Right. Like even if the Bulls not in, it's you get a little bit of vacation. But when well, you get to go sure. to normal Illinois, or you get to go to Hawaii, it's like, what the hell? I'm playing nobody, and I'm right. playing nobody in at Boise State. Like, who, <laughs> who the hell right. cares? Right. Whatever, it's fine. That's fine. It's fine. They get goodie bags, and they get to play another game. And again, like we talked about it, for a lot of these guys, they have 25 games in their life that they get to play. So it's one more they get to play. Exactly. And and maybe some of these kids will, will show a performance like we saw uh, from the quarterback in the other bowl. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the old Western, Western Kentucky. Kentucky. And, and get some yep. tape. Get some more tape. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So. All right. Well, that is what we've got. We're going to – we should be able to get one in after Christmas, and then we'll preview the national championship playoffs – and talk about these games, and uh, that will probably be... By the time we go through these games, which I think they'll be interesting, and talk about the, the, the national championship, that might be all we talk about, which will be fine. Yeah, I'll yeah, have I some think... stuff for you for that. So. Okay, cool, cool. That'll be good. Awesome. All right, well, good, good run. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. We'll see you guys later. Yep, see you.